The year is 1983. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Welcome to My Marvelous Roger Stern, the only comic book reading club where we cover all of Roger Stern, from Roger to Stern. I'm Zach, the Roger Stern newbie, and alongside Roger Stern, founder and CEO of RogerSternHerald.com, we're going to be talking about some great comics today. Hey guys, it's Roger Stern here, just wanted to say hello and welcome to all of my comics. I thought about that joke like yesterday when I was reading these. Uh, Did it work? Was it good? Was it funny? Not as strong as my Roger Stern impersonation, which I've been working on for a long time. Now, critics may note, I've never heard him speak before, so Mm -hmm. debatable how accurate it was. But you're right, I did not realize that this section of the My Marvelous Year reading list, as we go from Marvel Comics Origins to today, I, as I was putting it together, I didn't quite realize that we were doing all Roger Stern written issues, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. wild. Across Amazing Spider-Man, across Avengers, and across Doctor Strange. Every issue Literally here every comic. <laughs> is written by the same creator, um, and they're all pretty strong. It's a it's a nice showcase of of Stern's work, certainly. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm excited to explore the shock jocks foray into comics here uh, as we talk Stern all pod long. <laughs> Ugh, I don't I don't like the phrase all pod long. That's why not. I guess that's my problem. That's not, that's not yeah, yeah. That seems like a personal issue. That doesn't sound. I, I've said much weirder things. Is is what I'll come down on there. Before we start, I guess Roger Stern is just like it's interesting. I think he's a pretty good writer, mm-hmm. but like I wouldn't say any of these are knockouts. But I also wouldn't say any of this was bad. Like he's just he's very consistently. You know what they call that? They call good. that a lukewarm take. Yeah, is that is that the Roger? They Stern call that a that? fine take. Yeah, is that is that Roger Stern's reputation of like a very uh, okay? I mean, I've said decent. before on the on the pod. Generally, my perception of his work throughout Marvel Ladies, which is definitely his his biggest time, and we've we've read some issues he's written before, like the really good Captain America for President issue. Mm-hmm. I think is Stern and John Byrne. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like he writes some really good, fairly important issues. He never, for me, hits like a um, Frank Miller on Daredevil. Level yeah, no. of but of the, sort the thing, of like zenith. I think he elevates Avengers though. Like I think his Avengers is stronger than your average Avengers. Comics are better when Avengers. Roger Stern is writing them than the baseline, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. He like, may not I, I be all this. the the most celebrated, which is why I think like as names go, he flies a little under the radar compared to mm-hmm. the Claremonts and the Simmonsons and the the Miller, like I mentioned. You know. Um, I think, like, I, I'll take Roger Stern written Avengers over Jim Shooter written Avengers any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's good oh, stuff. Oh, were you waiting for a, a, were you waiting for a laugh line? Is that a laugh line there? You're twice on Sunday? So. I actually, every time we record, good. I'm emotionally <laughs> waiting for a laugh line, and it never, at this point, it's like, I know better. I know better. Oh, I laugh at your jokes all the time. Too much. 
too one, much. One might argue. One would yeah. argue not nearly enough. Hang on, I need to snip that piece of recording and play it back to my wife later when we have the exact same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, so we're talking all stern written comics with art here by John Romita Jr. On some issues, we got some Dan Green special on Doctor Strange. Um, hey, if you want to know Very the comics good. we're reading and you want to follow and play along, uh, you can do so. You can find all the reading no- or all the reading lists in the show notes for each episode. Mm-hmm. You can also find them if you are a supporter at patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. It's a great benefit for uh, helping the show um, stay financially supported, which is awesome. Thank you to everyone who is already doing that. And uh, how else can you find them? You can find them in the Comic Herald newsletter, slightly more sporadically. Mm-hmm. And there's one other, I think. There are, there are a lot of places, right? You can find it, it you know. The Master Spreadsheet, did you say that? Master Spreadsheet is available. I did say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. anywho, let's get into the 1983 comics as we go through this second part of a four-part year. We'll be covering the comics of 1983 in four installments. Hopefully this gives everybody a good chance to binge and catch up at their own leisure. But today we'll be starting with Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 16, and then its follow-up in Avengers number 227. It's been a while since we've read an Amazing Spider-Man Annual. I was... Notable things that happened in this issue. One... The debut of Monica Rambeau, a.k.a. the Marvel Universe's new Captain Marvel. Two, yep. the fact that this Amazing Spider-Man annual takes like a good 15 pages to just tell Captain Marvel's story. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's, it's kind mostly of a Captain unexpected. Marvel issue, yeah. yeah, yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's weirdly her issue with Spider-Man in the background. Yeah, yeah right. So it's, it's written by Roger Stern, art by John Romita Sr. Interestingly, inks by John Romita Sr.? I don't know Ooh. how often they work together. Um, but there's also a credit to their, uh, not their wife, um, John Romita Sr.'s <laughs> wife. And know that she's a proud wife and mom, this issue, which is kind of cool ah, um, yeah, to have to have her uh, daddies working on the same comic. Wait, no. Mm. Is, that not what, is that not how people say that? No. Nope. <laughs> Anywho, I'm saying that a lot because this is off to a weird, episode's off to a weird start. But uh, <laughs> this is the debut of Monica Rambeau. Great new character. Great new addition yeah. in the Marvel yeah, she's, Universe. She's I like her a lot. Her origin is is pretty uh, pretty standard one unit of origin type story. Yeah, her origin is a lot less interesting than she is. Yeah. Like, she's a fun character. And I feel like they they flesh her out later uh, in more interesting ways than, like, this origin. I Does it matter? Does it come back? Oh, also, where is Captain Marvel in the modern day? So two, is she still around? Because, like, well, 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 when I think on. of two Captain Marvel. There. First one okay, is... Sorry. Does the origin matter? It matters insofar as it establishes a few details about Monica and her power set. So, like, the fact that she's from New Orleans is somewhat relevant. Obviously, the fact that she's an African-American woman with this with this power set is something that mm-hmm. is new for the Marvel Universe. And, um, you know, at the comics line at this point in time. And also the fact that she, like, her her powers develop as a result of basically a radio explosion. That gives her like basically she can be radio waves any or sound waves or light waves, any electromagnetic energy. Okay, right. So yeah, yeah. right. Radio waves, X rays. So she can travel at impossible yeah. speeds. At one point, the Avengers mm-hmm. remark like she's she puts Quicksilver to shame type thing, um, and she's like she's kind of got these godlike abilities. You know, is the is the end result? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, one of the coolest things about her that will get fleshed out as we go on, I don't know if we're going to read it in the club, is that 
she's kind of she doesn't immediately I think this is something that Roger Stern is good at. He did this with Tigra before. I really liked it there, where it's like a newfound superhero who just got their powers and is like, wow, I'm a superhero now. This is fun. How do I deal with this? Like, you know, do do I tell my parents? Like, what do they think of me? Like, that I have all these huge, you know, new powers, right? It is not this kind of like uh, Iron Man making the suit and then it's just like, this is my destiny, and it always has been, and, like, I immediately transition into it. Like, there's a nice transition period where they kind of get their feet under them, and they, you know, are a little starstruck by being introduced into the Avengers, and yeah, etc. I think we have both of that. You're going to get a nice double dose of that with both Captain Marvel and She-Hulk in mm-hmm. these yeah. certain written Avengers from this era, where they are both new to the team, and they add, yeah, exactly what you're saying, like, a freshness, a vitality, um, an interest in superheroing, like, curiosity mm-hmm. around things that is great, honestly. Like, it's so refreshing compared to sort of the stodgy, woe-is-me uh, Iron mm-hmm. Man, particularly Iron Man, of this time. But Cap and Thor often can fall into that trap yeah. as well. Um as far as is this character around today, absolutely. Monica Rambeau is going to bounce around a number of titles throughout the 80s. She is not going by Captain Marvel, although certainly that legacy right, yeah. has not been lost. I do think it's really funny when I think it's, I don't remember if it's the Avengers or Spider-Man ask her first, but they're like, you know, what's your name? And she says, uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> then, oh, I think it's Ben Grimm, actually. And yeah, he's like, not unless like, you're back from the dead, it's not, because obviously we read the death of Captain Marvel only a, a couple years ago, the graphic novel. Um, but she's like, uh-huh. oh, did someone already, was there already a Captain Marvel? Like, she just spotted up for that name with no awareness of the Marvel Cree warrior. That's kind of a hilarious it, detail, if an impossible coincidence. It is slightly, it, it is one of the weirder things about her is like, why is she named Captain Marvel? Do they just think that that name has, you know, like cultural cachet? It's, it's, it's one of the weirdest ways to do a legacy attention. character, right? Is an accident. Yeah. <laughs> like, no similarities. Yeah, and it has nothing to do. Like, you know, it's not his powers passed on to a new person. It's no. not. has nothing to do with the old character. It's literally just the name. And it, it, the name comes from, like, when uh, she saves a bunch of people on that oil rig that was exploding. Some random guy, uh, like, a, I think a Cajun guy, French Cajun guy, is just like... <gasps> Mon Capitan, Capitan, Marval, Marval, like, <laughs> yeah, and just randomly says it, and that's how the name picks up. Is that? I mean, that fair thing. enough. Oh, you're put on the yeah. spot. You got big Rocky Bangrim in your face asking you what your name is. I'd go with the last thing a Cajun guy said to me too. You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's fair enough. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a very strange legacy. Um, but yes, Monica is around, if not super prominently today um she knows she's a erstwhile avenger she's a part of one of my favorite series ever which is called next wave uh which Mm. obviously will be exciting when we get there i think that's her her shining moment for sure um but as it stands you know yeah she's the the brand new soon to be avenger on the scene that kind of that kicks off in this spidey annual um spider-man for his part like you said he's a supporting player really throughout all this and kind of a Kind of a creep slash kind of a loser. Yeah. Yeah. What is happening here? <laughs> right? Like it starts out with him just being like, ooh, mama, look at that woman. What a stunner. She said in my that, spider That dialogue sense, is like, not that far removed from what the internal no, uh, bubbles are actually And he's saying. just like, I didn't know my spider sense got set off by ladies being pretty. Well, I better follow her. And he even says at one point, like, better follow from a distance so she doesn't think I'm a pervert. He is stalking her <laughs> so hard. And it, it, yeah. he eventually sort of flips it to like, oh, I better protect her. And then, of course, she 
get set up in like a mugging situation. But really, he's just stalking her because he thinks she's mm-hmm. pretty. Um, and then at the towards the end of this comic, he like boneheadedly punches her out, like knocks her unconscious. And all the Avengers come running around and they're like, no, what are you doing? She's not a threat to us. So punching first, asking questions later. And stalking ladies from a distance. Not your best look, Peter Parker. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, did I kill the second Captain Marvel? The first one just died. Like, <laughs> Yeah, good yeah. grief. Um, so all of that, I mean, is there anything else you want to say specifically about the annual? Otherwise, we'll go into the Avengers issue. Nope, no, no. I, I, I just like this character a lot. Um, I think she's going to be a fun addition to the Avengers. And I, I do like that, you know, she has these kind of insane powers, but she's not immediately great at them. She doesn't know how to I use them. That, she doesn't quite know what they are, which I think is fair. Yeah. And it is that, like you're saying, that interesting exploration where, you know, okay, so she joins up with the Avengers. And, you know, one of the things we see early is like they're running tests with her. Like, hey, can you, you know, hit these coordinates of satellites up in space? Like, I actually kind of like that um, Avengers, like taking taking the time testing. to train. Yeah, stress testing. Great way yeah. to put it. Um, where they're just getting yeah. a feel for like, what can you actually do? do uh 227 is is really all kind of getting to know the team it's a lot of them kind of conversing and stating where they're at in the marvel universe and and the kind of the big thing it's building towards is uh the trial of henry pym so hank Mm -hmm. pym as we find is currently in jail now the last time we saw him he was uh hitting his spouse and threatening the avengers he's not in jail for that actually Mm, um although i think it you know fair enough if he was passing mention to hitting janet here that is like literally it is mentioned in passing once they don't show it they show this like extended um like flashback to hank pym's like entire journey here Mm -hmm. and that that gets you know like he says like after all this he's like oh yeah and i was even so angry i hit jan can you believe it and then moves on so it is really like they are kind of trying to like sweep that under the rug which is uh i i I wonder I wonder how much of it is immediate discomfort, you know, with the event. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think that's an unfair point. I do think like the way I was reading because there's a lot of interactions here with Janet Van Dyne, who is now the leader yeah. of the Avengers, right? And it's been in issues terms, it's been like fifteen issues since the incident where Hank slaps her. Um and it's um she is you know, trying to move past both the dissolution of their marriage and also recognition of of domestic abuse, right? And just like a very troubling, mm-hmm. complicated scenario. And def- it's clearly a challenge for her. And I, I think that is portrayed, I don't know about well, but it's definitely portrayed uh, complex, I think, which is important. Like at times she is carrying out her duties and is yeah. the leader and is just like, you know, putting on quote unquote a happy face. I guess, even though she's clearly going through stuff, but she's also she's also not just yeah. like hiding it or bottling it all up. Like there's a blend of of an emotional response from Jan, where it's like she feels like a human being in a way that she hasn't yeah, in a while. Sure, you know, and she also I mean, feels she gives very capable. That, that pep talk where it's just like in the mirror, like she's. I think Sue Storm is having lunch with her. Sue and Richards. No, I guess. It's what are you, Doctor Doom? Um, <laughs> Did you just call yeah. him Richards. <laughs> That's such a Reed doom move. Richards. You just said I was, Sue I, and well, cause, Richards. Because I almost called him R- Reed Storm. Because I was like, Sue and Reed Storm. Um, which, honestly, he should have taken her last name. Um, oh, that'd be so much better. They're having lunch. If and, my like, wife's Sue last name was Storm, like, it would not have been a question. Dave Storm. Right? I'm either a weatherman, a porn star, or the coolest. No, no. And or the coolest. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they say, like, oh, you know, she's 
puts on this happy-go-lucky face, but, you know, like, I can tell she's kind of hurting. And she even has to go, like, look in the mirror in the bathroom and can take a breath and be like, you know, like, I am emotionally strained. This is hard, but I also can do it. Like, it is not this kind of thing yeah. of, like, just shove it down, Jan. Like, I call her Jane. Just shove it down, Jan, and, like, you know, forget all this happened. She's, you know, just saying, like, I have to move on with my life. I have to keep going. I have to, you know balance all these things yeah it does it feels like very it feels respectful of janet um yeah generally i mean my issue with, i mean i guess we're moving into this whole arc because we read 227 yeah i mean let's do it 230 so 228 yeah. through 230 are um th- it's the trial of hank pym yep. hank pym is on trial for actually the trial is he was set up by egghead a villain believed to be dead, a longtime Ant Man villain Robotnik. who we technically skipped over way back in the Astonishing Tales mm-hmm. days, I think. Um, yeah. At least as far as the you know the curated Mar- My Marvelous Year list goes. But he, um, Egghead, is just he's a smart guy with an egg shaped head. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is the yep. extent of Egghead. He has in these issues put together like kind of a, a light <laughs> Masters of Evil, Sinister Six kind of thing, I which is really actually like very the fun. Sentence, the extent of Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's an issue title, The Extent of yeah. Eggman. Um, he's got the Beetle working for him here. He's got mm-hmm. Tiger Shark. He's got Shocker, right? It's a nice collection of sort of C-list, D-list villains. I actually really like this team um, yeah, because they aren't fun. your typical Masters of Evil. But they are all working to basically convict and ruin Hank Pym's life again uh, by they try to break him out of the trial while he's on trial for crimes committed framed by Eggman, they then break the masters of evil break in to free Hank as if he's one of them. Right. So they're trying to frame the narrative that Henry Pym is a villain and is working with villains. And basically they're just trying to like completely tarnish his name. I mean, Pym escapes and like beats up all the villains through, you know, science. He like sabotages the, the equipment, whatever. Um, I mean, th- this feels <laughs> well explained. Well, I don't know. Do I need to get into? I mean, a, all right. No, I'll no, no. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't mean, want to. It's, it's not that interesting. I, they. I just the big thing though is like that it's, a, so it's that. an attempt at a Hank Pym redemption arc. Exactly. That is that is what I'm trying to get at. Is that you know uh, also I mean what happens is that Hawkeye comes to burst in just as like Hank Pym finished beating everybody up mm-hmm. and his egghead like levels his gun at Hank Pym's back. Hawkeye shoots an arrow in the barrel of the gun. It blows up. Kills egghead. Yeah. God, I can't believe how many times I'm saying egghead. <laughs> Stupid. Comic books are dumb. Why are we doing this? <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Sorry. Egghead. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, like, in the next issue, Hawkeye kind of has to have this, like, formality of going, you know, being a, a little tribunal of the Avengers because he killed somebody, right? He like, killed the Avengers a man. don't kill people. Yep. It was an accident, but they still have to try. Hank gives this whole big speech about, you know, that basically saying, like, I am still honorable because I can see that what I did is was bad and crossed a line. But Hawkeye, you know, is an honorable Avenger and you're lucky to have him. And like, you know, I'm going out with my head held high, like taking my punishment like a man and admitting my mistakes, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, like, none of those mistakes are really about hitting Jan, which kind of feels like the biggest <laughs> thing here. Right. Like, they don't really get into that and it does just feel like a lot of like it's a part right. of it i don't i mean he did also basically build an ultron to attack the avengers purposefully and mm-hmm. was acting erratically and psychotic so like he has a lot to apologize for um yeah. there is a thread here as well of tony it, it's an interesting thing where stern clearly is taking the idea of a founding avenger 
Breaking Bad. No, that's not right. Mm-hmm. A founding Avenger collapsing into yeah. Yeah, this undignified sort of, you know, unethical person. Um, he's mm-hmm. taking it very seriously, and he has all the other original founding Avengers taking it similarly seriously. You know, like Iron Man's working around the clock to basically try to prove that maybe Hank was under some sort of mental manipulation, right? Mm-hmm. To basically like be like, yeah. no, he was out of control of his actions, which... Let's say right here, to Stern and and the team's credit, Al Milgramon pencils for a lot of this. They do not give him oh, that out. Good, good work. I just want to point out both uh, Roger McKenzie and Al Milgram on the Avengers. I really liked all their work. Mm-hmm. Like really good character work here. Yeah, yeah, very clean. But they don't yep. give Hank the yep. out of having been yep. manipulated. What they do give him is the ability to over and over accept responsibility for his actions. Right, like he gets several sort of heroic speeches. In an effort to say, yep. like, yeah. I'm a man now. I made these mistakes and I own them, which is kind of what you want. Like, if you did like Hank Pym at any point in time, as an Avenger, as a hero, whatever, like, it is, I suppose, good to see him um, t- take responsibility for the mistakes he's made and the damage he's caused. The worst part of this, for me, is the very end is the Avengers being like, and I think literally oh. Captain America well, yelling why, why after we him. Can, we can... We, we can, can change the, the we can change the bylaws we'll, we'll, and make you an Avenger again, Hank. Like just yeah, after yeah, him, yeah. they're so willing to forgive what they all witnessed, um, mm-hmm. in a way that is is too fast and too yeah. clumsily handled. If you take mm-hmm. that out, I don't really have any issues with this. Yeah, that that is that. I I don't know. Like I I I kind of agree, right? Like because I don't think Hank Pym would be an irredeemable character. I just think it would take something more than this. I, I don't know exactly what that would be. Just like, I think it would require a little bit more. I, I don't know. I mean, because the rest of the stuff feels like superhero, you know, just like superhero antics, <laughs> like starting the, the robot thing. So like, like if you if you took Jan out of the equation, huge, yeah, I took huge Jan thing out to take the... out. But if you took it out yes. and it was just totally Hank, fine. Yes. Hank this, got this a little wild with some robots. Then yeah. you'd be like, I think, this yeah, is, they can yeah, this have him as great. provisional, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this would work great if you took Jan out of the equation. Because, like, yeah, they don't... I, I mean, the thing is, they just don't want to really talk about it, right? Like, they don't want to talk about the fact that he hit her. <laughs> uh, and they mm-hmm. don't. Like, they have a face-to-face, and it kind of comes down to, like, oh, man, good old times, huh? Well, I mean... I mean, literally, I think that's what Hank be. says, is, like, you know, we sure had some good times, or something to that effect. And, like, and, and, and like, when they first doesn't... meet, they both are like, oh, I'm sorry, at the same time, and oh, kind of laugh. That... And Hank, and Hank does say, like, horrifying. what are you apologizing for? Which is which was yeah. my thought, exactly. Which <laughs> which is, yeah. no, only yeah. one of you needs to say sorry here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not, it's it doesn't not feel like wreck, it's, like, it super out of character or something, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't think it's a disaster. I just think it's... Would you, I mean, I to your point, like, saying they kind of maybe skirt around it a little, I don't, I don't know that the opposite would be better, right? Uh, I think it would. I think yeah. they could talk about it. Yeah, it's 1983. Like, they're starting to bring up all kinds of serious stuff here. I think they could talk about it in, like, more concrete terms. I think but you're assuming, it. But makes... you're assuming that that would be done well, I guess, whereas I'm, I'm well, not. Yeah, that's that's true. You know? So if yeah. you're going to welcome that, you're you're expecting an Avengers Annual number 10 where Chris Claremont takes <clears throat> the the Carol Danvers situation and really relitigates yeah, it. Right. Right? Yes. Um, you would need yeah, something yeah, like exactly. that. I think yes, to really agreed. explore. Okay, what what does this mean to have an abuser on the Avengers and the mm-hmm. really like just kind of muddy waters and and questions around like what do we do with this person? 
what yeah how long exactly you know how like what when could forgiveness occur is that how does that work right just these like really challenging questions yeah yeah i agree i mean i just i i mean roger stone no jim shooter Roger Stone. Roger Stone. I'm it, just we did up. not right, expect yeah, to be covering Stone comics today, but if you're going to bring them up, let's get into it. Oh my God! There's crime uh, does not, not pay. That's one of his. He also wrote. Um, um, he did Criminal with Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. A lot of people don't know that. Big Stone joint. Very funny. Very funny. Yeah, quite. Jim Shooter. Like clearly, I mean, he has you know done this thing of like, oh yeah, I never meant for like Hank to have hit Janet. Like the artwork surprised me because it was just supposed to be like him swinging around and lashing out and not like, you know, like an actual slap. So, I mean, you know, this might just be him being like, all right, let's just move on. Let's move on from this. So, yeah, but like a lot of people in the Slack have said, when we've been talking about this, I think the nice part to come out of this, like, I don't care. Hank Pym's gone. I didn't care about him before. I'm kind of glad he's not on the scene right now, but Janet Van Dyne, she's like a cool character now. Like she's her own character leading the Avengers. It's fun to see like, Captain America be so supportive of her. Um, there are a lot of yeah. other ways you could have done that. Yeah. I will say. Yeah, yeah. But, but that is, but I like, I that like is that a out. good uh, that is part of where we are with Avengers is this is the best Jan's ever been. And also like making Hawkeye a little like have to, you know, deal with the fact that he's being, the, the team is becoming majority female and he's, you know, having to like grow up and I learn to live in a new age. I totally spaced on how long Hawkeye's chauvinism lasts. Um, And it's, you know I, what though? Like it's not, it's just here, but like they're still winking at it a little bit, you know. He's oh, it's pretty heavy when he's like he's super upset that she hulks around and she's stronger than him. I do think it's actually a va- a really valuable perspective to have in the book because Hawkeye is pretty clearly wrongheaded about these yeah, things, the joke, and also the you see him, him kind of come around and learn. The jokes we're supposed to be laughing at, like because oftentimes he was just you know it doing the uh, what's that guy all in the family? What's that guy's name? I'm talking about Archie what, Bunker. What are you talking about? I wasn't yeah, a big uh, late seventies, eighties sitcom guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, Archie Bunker, where he's like kind of the stereotypical, like, you know, racist conservative dad and like, but you're like laughing along with him while he's also like learning lessons or something about racism. Uh, this is not that like Hawkeye is not supposed to be like funny and getting laugh lines here. Like he's supposed to be, you know, he has egg on his face for being so sensitive about the women being around, which is good. And I think that that is what the difference is. Sure. Yep. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's going to lead to progression for the character, which is good to see. All right. Any final Avengers thoughts? I, you know, I think in general now we're, we're we can, we will not forget, but we can effectively move on story wise from the saga of Hank Pym. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of, oh boy, Saga, all those letters yeah. are in Strange. Technically minus the true, second a. I think. Yeah, it is. It is true. Okay. So uh, that's what we're reading next, Doctor Strange. Now, if you yeah, guys, uh, if you guys maybe have missed a few episodes, Zach has taken to practicing his transitions from comic to comic and as you can tell it's not working <laughs> i think the practice is not paying off but here we are now talking about dr strange you want to hear something about these uh these comics zach i do the first two mm-hmm. they put me to sleep i literally fell asleep <laughs> reading reading these comics having ever, said that i don't know your your routine like, do you ever read them in bed, like right before, right before you go to sleep? Yeah, I take off all my clothes, and I grab my tablet, and I grab a warm glass of milk, 
and I read some comics. I'm just asking, like, have you ever had that moment where you, uh, like, if you're reading at night and you're getting drowsy and, like, have you ever dropped your tablet on your face? Like, it's resting on your chest and you've like, <laughs> dropped it right on your own I don't nose. usually read that way, but I've dropped it in my lap many, many a time, as I did last night reading these Doctor Strange issues. More, more about me and my tired state than necessarily mm. these Doctor Strange ones. That said, there's a sort of, there's an inherent, like, I don't know what the right, there's a, a kind of a fuzziness and a sort of over-detailed, like, mythology of all the sorcery and the dark holds and all these different things mm-hmm. that I kind of like conceptually, but if you put it, I like it conceptually. If you put it in a short burst, it's interesting. If you put it in lots of text, I fall yeah. asleep. <laughs> That's kind of what happens. Um, in, in, you in know what? I, I felt reading this the same I did about um, Doug Mench's Masters of Kung Fu, mm-hmm. where I was just like, if I got really into this, this seems great. There's a level of familiarity I don't have with all that's going on here that is kind of keeping me back from f- totally enjoying this. Well, 58 um, has that, so but kind of as it goes, I mean, you kind of get the players here, right? I, mean, I, like, I got the, like, general setup, but I was just kind of like, I think I could get into this rhythm if I really, like... I. I but mean, would also, you want to get really into this series? I mean, because I, you know, I considered it in 82, and I walked it back. I kept those This is the closest I think I've come to, like, oh, like, maybe I'd want to actually sit and read a bunch of Doctor Strange. Because I, I like this. Um, I, you know, I probably skimmed this more than I should have because I was also just like, well, I'm not going to... I don't know. This doesn't feel big to the wider Marvel world. I'm kind of just enjoying this on, like, the art level. Well, and, that's like, one of the, the things I like more about this. it is that it does open up the Marvel Universe a little more. Yeah. I mean, I guess, that you know, they interact with the Avengers. Blade is here with his ridiculous ski goggles. We bring in um, Blade's awesome ski goggles. We bring in Scarlet Witch pretty heavily. We bring in the Darkhold, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, yeah, the Necronomicon of the Marvel Universe, right? Used across a variety of connections. We we learned that vampirism started in Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was a wild. weird detail where it was like the, the demon Cathan. Cathan? Is that his name? Cathan. Cathan. Cathan, like, created vampires to become, you know, like, servants. And then they got too strong and wiped out the demons and then fled Atlantis like while it was still you know above water yeah thanks Atlantis yeah Namor confirmed vampire not yet not I think yet there is a a Namor series set during Curse of the Mutants I don't remember how vampirism affects him regardless um I really I like the introduction here of Hannibal King private investigator and vampire (laughs) that's a cool new character flavor to him too yeah, yeah, a little cheerier, a little less. You bastard-y. know what I think? Something I like, yeah, something I like about this series that I, I think works is that there are a lot of other characters besides Doctor Strange, and a lot of them are kind of normal folk, which or more normal, mm-hmm. like everyday people, mm-hmm. which I think is what lets this work uh, a little bit better. Because Doctor Strange, I was just like, it's kind of a boring guy, right? Like, what is he besides good at magic? Like that. That's he's just he's just the best at magic. Um, which is why I yeah, think like, in, I in the MCU life and the yeah. sort of post-MCU comics version of him, it's like, oh, he's kind of sarcastic and he's kind of Tony Starkey, right? And he's got um, a job now, like in modern, you know, modern Marvel comics. He's back to being a surgeon, which I think gives him a lot more like, you know, like interesting personal life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. that is one of the challenges with Doctor Strange. And I think as I'm saying, like, you know, that this put me to sleep, I'm... I don't intend it as insultingly as I might use that elsewhere, but I've read a lot of these strange comics building up and it's, they're always middle of the road for me. They're mm-hmm. never my favorites. Um, and I think the reality is just like, I just don't, 
I like the idea of Doctor Strange more than I like reading Doctor Strange comics because I like yeah. the idea yeah, of these crazy supernatural psychedelic landscapes and the way he battles them. But actually, the reality of those stories can be kind of kind of boring. Um, I don't think this yeah. story is necessarily that. I think it's about as good a Doctor Strange story we've read in like two decades of Marvel books. I mean, it's it's really fun. Like the again, conceptually, the ideas they're playing with here are really fun. You're talking about a supernatural text that has the darkest spells from the origins of Marvel Universe that Wanda keeps in the Avengers mansion <laughs> that Dracula is seeking and that Doctor Strange has to oh, hide and prevent. Oh, who's got a great beard now. Dracula look looks way too good. much like Doctor Strange. Like they a are drawn yeah. like pretty similarly. <laughs> yeah. It's a few times like at a distance I was like I thought I was looking at Doctor Strange and then he started talking about like his minions of the night or something and I realized I was looking at Dracula. Yeah. No, I mean, I think like Doctor Strange stories that are probably the best for me right now involve some level of mystery and on a mystical level. And the Darkhold mm -hmm. kind of allows that because it's like it's missing and you have to find it and there's some clues and then we have to hide it in Baron Mortar's empty castle and fight Dracula and his vampire army. Um, so there's a lot of really fun stuff here. It's just never uh, it's never really catches me. In a way that yeah. I could super celebrate, I guess. It, really it good sounds, work by Stern like a, and, and Dan Green and Terry Austin, though. Yeah, I think like you and I might both feel similarly. I don't know if I want to speak for you, but um, that like the, our opinion of this maybe sounds like a cop out, where it's just like, yeah, maybe it's just not for us, <laughs> you know? Like, because I just like I can see people loving this. I can see people like if someone said like, man, that Stern, Doctor Strange Stern stuff from the '80s is just excellent i'd be like yeah okay i can't i can't argue with that i just don't it just didn't click with me in that way you know um which I, think I think it's a bit dense like, i do i mean my critique of it if you love it great i'm good like i that's yes that is how opinions of comments work um for my money it, it it doesn't it doesn't have that excitement level that the best comics from this era have well like, it doesn't I'm have a kinetic like, movement to it yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair. I am just saying, like, if you came to me and said, like, I love all these Stiltman comics, I could be like, well, you know, I don't, and here's why you're wrong to love them. You wouldn't get, you would not have gotten that far in that sentence without a fistful of stilts <laughs> coming your way. Um, there was a really good Stiltman cover someone just shared in the Slack that was very fun. Oh, I, I have a Stiltman question, Dave, David. Uh -huh. Ooh, pulls up, pulls and up. answer you must answer for this Stiltman crime why is there so much Stiltman and no joke answers like seriously why is there so much Stiltman at this point because people keep finding Stiltman issues we've read a lot of them like what other C-lister has this many appearances like we have not seen Tiger Shark this many times we haven't seen I don't know uh, what's his name um, the Absorbing Man like nearly as much or wrecker the wrecker yeah i mean sometimes um, when you create um a really excellent character you mm -hmm. want to put them in more stories because people no like them joke answers and then when people like something you want to give them more of that so they keep liking what you're doing i would say mm -hmm. is the general way that that works bad bad answer I mean, okay. no, it's well, I guess it I, honestly, though, like I'm being I'm mocking your foolishness, but Stiltman is in a lot of comics because he's easy to gravitate to as you just think because he's like as a concept so absurd. It's funny. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if like the sort of absurd irony would have hit people. It, yeah, I'm probably a little bit 
you know, two decades later, and definitely that's only increased as mm-hmm. as time has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, there are like like golden age villains that have goofy powers or silver age villains with goofy powers are really yeah. appealing <laughs> because they don't they don't have the same level of menace as the serious ones. But sometimes that's not what you're looking for. Sometimes no, you're I, looking I for more of a farcical like, comic book story. Where's Where's Batrock? You know, Batrock's in plenty of comics. We just saw him in I Captain mean, America. He's, He's around. I just don't. I mean, maybe, maybe I have like confirmation bias because well, Stillman's always being shoved in my face. In you're, yeah. I mean, if you're literally looking for, hey, where are the C and D list sto- <laughs> characters in relatively unimportant stories? That is the exact opposite of what my. Yeah, and I guess is. like unless I've got an entire club of buffoons dedicated to like making sure that I see every single appearance to like cause me physical pain. Then I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't see those. Yeah, good job, Club. I would say if you're interested in making Zach look similarly foolish, you can go over to patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear and tell him some Stiltman comics that you enjoy. (laughs) Give us $5 a month in order to infuriate me. No, I'll let you join for free. Just at Comic Book Herald. If you just want to share Stiltman references, please, at Comic Book Herald, tell me what we should check out. Okay, speaking of infuriating, uh, no, 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 that doesn't work. Speaking of good transitions are like when you walk them back and like oh, don't oh I got one I got one sure. speaking of goblins which is what I call all our Patreon backers ah uh, there we go oh wait wait read before an amazing you... Spider Man enter the hobgoblin yes before what? we do hobgoblin I do want to call yeah. out Doctor Strange does a really weird thing where mm. it is a consecutive story from fifty eight through sixty two but then sixty two mm. switches to artist Steve Lealoha and the covers by him as well mm-hmm. and it's a not jarring, but like a very noticeable shift in art. That it is, is a bit I, I, weird. I'm glad you brought that up because I really like um, Lealoha's work here. He's doing like some real painterly stuff occasionally. Like yeah. he, he intersperses. It reminds me of uh oh well I'm not gonna be able to say that. I'm reading the the Rebirth era Detective Comics. Okay, yeah, and I don't know if you know off the top of your head. The <laughs> who writer does that. is James Tiny in the fourth. Um, I don't know the yeah. artist off the top of my head. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. But, like, he also does something where, like, he's got one style for, like, 90% of the art there. And then mm-hmm. every once in a while, he just, like, will have a portrait and it looks like it's drawn with, like, watercolors. Yeah. Or something mixed in. It is... Just a second. I just want to say that name. No, it's... It, Eddie Barrows. Eddie Barrows. And it's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's got that weird feeling of, like, I kind of wish the story was all done this way now. <laughs> hmm. I, I like both the styles. End, but I did like... like but, I liked Green yeah. and Austin until I, until I saw this. And then I was like, oh, this... Well, this would have been interesting as well. Um, regardless, yeah. it's and and plus, I should mention too, if you were into the Dracula, the Tomb of Dracula stuff we did in the uh, the Gene Colan drawn stuff, mm-hmm. um, definitely check out these issues because they they oh, follow sure. up on that pretty yeah. nicely. Yeah, I think the art here is great. Like, I really liked all the art here. Um, really helped me like not completely check out of these comics entirely. Yeah. Oh, also, um, hey, write to us, oh. mymarvelousyear at gmail dot com. Those of you uh-huh. who really love Doctor Strange. Hit me with the, this will make you love Doctor Strange comics. Um, don't send me the oath. I know about the oath. I've read the oath. It's great. I love it. Hit me with some some under the radar stuff. All right? I want to hear from the strange heads out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> People yeah, are strange. What is, what is the, oh, when the oath is from stranger, Those guys. Are you liking uh, Surgeon Supreme? I haven't touched it. Oh, it's fun. I liked it so far. I've read like three or four issues. And then they've that got makes the uh, like, not Strange Academy. Thing. If you liked it. Yeah. I, I mean... It, it's not. Uh, it hasn't blown me away, but it's been like it's a fun Doctor Strange series. Um, so is this. Yeah, and then lukewarm. I need thing. hotter takes. Yeah. 
I need I to know, know. something. I mean, sometimes great. comics are just for it. fine, Dave. Sometimes they are just fine. Yeah, but I want to make time for just fine. Yeah, that's true. That is a fair point. Um, speaking of fair points, I've got a lot of them for Amazing Spider-Man two thirty nine <laughs> and two forty five to two. 244 to 245. Yeah, this is the uh, the Hobgoblin is here mm-hmm. and debuting in the Marvel Universe. Again, Roger Stern, John Romita Jr. back, <laughs> not working with Dad this time on Inks. Um, but we have the Hobgoblin introduced in a very similar style to the Green Goblin in that mm-hmm. his uh, secret identity is kept very purposefully mysterious. That is going to be a running thread for the Hobgoblin for a good long time is who the heck is actually the Hobgoblin. This who is, is he? Dave, who tell is me now. He? This I is something that is. Marvel will over-exploit, I think, in more modern times, where they, where the hook of a book would be like, who is this character? Like Red Hulk comes to mind. Mm. That ran for way too long and, and with kind of disappointing results. Um, <laughs> they did it a little bit, weirdly, with, uh, with um, how do I say this, the female Thor of the 2010s. But regardless, oh, yeah. Hobgoblin yeah, is definitely weird... one of the earlier versions. That... That female Thor thing was weird because I, I just read all that, right? And uh, it's very strange. I didn't know going in that it was going to be a secret and a mystery throughout. So it's very strange. Because it's not now. Thing. Like if you follow comics people at all, you know, and I'm, we I won't mean, spoil I, it I here, don't even, but I don't even think it's a spoiler. I think it's like common knowledge. Who it's a spoiler the, if you read the comics in order because those first seven or eight issues are all about. Yeah, like, exactly. It it takes a, I mean, it's a, I guess it is a cool. I, I liked that because like even reading it, um, you know, knowing who it was. I still think that's a fun, impactful like reveal. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, maybe it goes goes for a bit long. I you know I also read all of them in one or two nights and not over seven months. So yeah, no, no, it's change your perception. It yeah. does for sure. Um, but Hobgoblin, it it creates that mystery. I'm I don't know how how captured are you in the mystery of Hobgoblin's secret identity? Not not particularly. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wasn't like oh, I just don't care. Show me. But I also was like. I don't know who's. I mean, who's it gonna? Who could it possibly be that would surprise me? The the photographer that Mary I Jane. barely know, like right. I mean, you know, like going down the J-J-J. list, of stuff, like it's not gonna be JJJ. What if it was? Like, I mean, that would surprise me. Yeah, that would get me. He did have a gym bag. Oh my god, <laughs> he had a gym bag. <laughs> I love how Jay Jonah going to the gym is the equivalent of he might be a supervillain now because that is so out of character. That's a pretty mm-hmm. nice scene. Um, yeah. So Hobgoblin, he. I mean. I like his design a lot. <laughs> I, I like his co- um, his costume kind of. Is this pretty Deathstroke? It's Deathstroke colors. We're probably coming right up on those new Teen Titans, George Perez, Marvel. Yeah, some, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, they, I'm going to guess they beat beat Hobby to the punch here. But yeah, I mean, he's uh, the thing I like about Hobgoblin is he shows up. Ooh, he finds sorry. all Norman Osborn Death, stuff, Deathstroke breaking into Osborn manufacturing. What's that? Sorry, Deathstroke is 1980. Okay, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but he's breaking into Osborne manufacturing plants. He's stealing all the Green Goblin's former stuff in these secret you know, facilities. And the thing I really like is the first time he fights Spider-Man, he gets his butt whooped. He gets really hurt because he yeah, doesn't yeah, have the Goblin's formula. He's got the weapons and the arsenal, but he can't actually withstand the super strength of Spider-Man without what Norman Osborn had, which was you know the enhanced Green Goblin formula. So it, mm-hmm. it kind of progresses where the Hobgoblin then experiments on himself to to get those powers and to end Spider-Man. We really don't know. We don't know who. Not only don't know who he is, but we don't really know what he's, he he wants to end Spider-Man. But it's kind of in the the most as we've described before, mustache twirling. I just do this because I'm the bad guy. You know, sort of like rationale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which isn't yeah, yeah. super striking. It isn't super engaging. Um, I 
beyond design and I guess the the sort of like endless enigmatic nature of the secret identity, I'm not uh-huh. sure what there is to Hobgoblin in these first three issues. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the thing is, like, Roger Stern just kind of writes a well-paced enough comic that I wasn't, like, miserable reading through this because there's enough other Peter Parker stuff going on that kept me entertained. But yes, you're right. Like, because at the end here, they do this thing where it's like, whoever the actual Hobgoblin is, you know, like, uh, had a test subject of some guy, Lefty Donovan, and, like, he gets the Hobgoblin strength and gets all disfigured, and then uh, I think... Like, he fights Peter Parker, and then he dies, like, because his glider crashes. But, um, like, Spider-Man knows that it's not actually the... the I don't remember how he knows that, but he's like, this is not the I think the glider the explodes, because there's a secret Hobgoblin behind the scenes who yeah. has who is watching this, you know, sort of fake right. Hobgoblin, and the, the issue ends, 245 ends, with him saying, you know, he put um, Lance Donovan under post-hypnotic suggestion, and basically he was mm-hmm. just carrying out the true... Hobgoblin's orders. I took that to mean, I mean that, and I was not that's reading the most interesting that he blew up his glider. It. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man knew somehow. I don't remember. Spider-Man, like, at, you know, he was looking at Lefty Donovan, and he was like, he realized that, uh, you know, this was not the real Hobgoblin. Anyway, I think I that's do the like most interesting the, part. That, like, it, it, we're not quite you know, there. F- yeah. I was just going to say, we're not quite there, but I do like the, the outsourcing of the Hobgoblin role is going to become a really fun component of this i think where you have the true hobgoblin like basically being like i'm not actually going to risk my life and limb fighting spider-man but i will send out a fake hobgoblin in my place and then as a result you have this sort of endless wait who is he actually mystery i i actually like that idea we don't really have like a franchised supervillain yet yeah right um i mean i don't i can't believe we've been talking about this for so long because we are missing been, the most important it's part. Been like three minutes. I know, but we, we have gone this long without talking about the most important part of these issues. Is it Peter Parker's butt? Oh uh, no, that is. <laughs> he takes a real naked <laughs> shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty funny. Not a never nude. Very... Can confirm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that smooch with Felicia Hardy. I like me some Black Cat Spider-Man romance. Like, that isn't she like in a coma funny. throughout all this? Yeah. Is that bad? <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> they smooch when she's in a coma. Oh, no, 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 she's no. Or no, your no, kinks? <laughs> Good, no. Um, I think that one would be okay to kink shame. No, she's she's uh, in the hospital, but I don't think she's in a coma. Like they smooch. She's awake during the smooch. I thank God. I hope so. I hope I didn't misread that. Okay. No, you're, you're probably right. Me worried. You're probably right. Yeah. No. No. It's like the opening of one of these issues, and then someone comes in and is like, "She needs her rest," and he uh, <laughs> he scurries through the hospital scaring everybody um, oh and he goes and visits madam webb in the hospital which is a nice follow-up um to uh you know the juggernaut issues and she like supposedly has lost her memory but there's a little hint that maybe she still has her powers and knows who he is right um cause she like makes him turn on the radio just in time to hear that the hobgoblin is attacking and she gets a cute little madam webb smirk I will mention if you are interested in what's going on with the black cat, um, you can find her relationship with Spider-Man developing in the pages of Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. There are a handful of pretty interesting issues that I came very close to putting in the 1984 list that I'm probably not actually going to pull the trigger on, but that'd be like issue nine, basically like issue 90 through a hundred. There's some really good, um, Black Cat, Spider-Man, Kingpin stuff that uh, is is interesting if you're a super Spidey fan. So consider checking that out. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I like me Black Cat and Spidey. Um, also, you know, the only thing that could have made this issue better 
literally the only thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a smooch, Madam Web. I want more smooches in these comics. You, you've been saying for a long time, Spider-Man does not get enough smoochies, and I think I would agree. Um, probably in part because he gets set up on dates with women he has proposed to and been rejected by. <laughs> oof, oof, that is <laughs> not I the love best idea. John Romita Jr.'s artwork on Peter Parker's face in that scene is incredible. The like, you know, like rictus smile that he keeps and just yeah. like tight like him just staring straight ahead trying to like remain completely expressionless i guess during that whole dinner while peter well uh aunt may god well mary jane little freudian troubles slip there Um, well well mary jane is like so tiger how's it been going hey tiger what are you up to like which is just so weird because it's just like why is she why did she i mean let's let's clarify peter had proposed to mj she said no and betty now leads betty brant Married to Ned Leeds, mm-hmm. um, they invite both MJ and Peter out to dinner with them, setting them up Wild. on yeah. arguably the most awkward possible double date. Yeah, it's not like two people that you just think will be like good together. It's two people who like came close to getting engaged and then broke up. What do you think is going to happen, yeah. Betty? Yeah. Wild decision by Betty Leeds. We should have mm-hmm. leaded with that, if you know what I'm saying. <gasps> good. Good pun. I liked mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Did you mean to do Leeds. that? Did I mean to do that? No, Zach. I just have extreme uh-huh. trouble with tenses. You know this about me. It's a condition. <laughs> it's, it's good. I was impressed. That was like one of those puns that like you don't laugh at, but you do like you're impressed by. You know what I mean? My uh, my little son, Von Doom Busing, has taken to when I suggest we do something with toys that he likes, he says, that's a great idea, Dad. And he, his tone is exactly the same way <laughs> so- uh, you respond. <laughs> When I have either just, a good pun or a joke that actually makes you laugh. Just dripping with sarcasm and disdain. Yes, but one makes me smile and one infuriates me. <laughs> very, very opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, your son drives me crazy too. Drives me crazy. Ah, ah. All right, we're clearly at that point in the show where we are done with the comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. My Marvelous Year is brought to you by patreon.com slash My Marvelous Year. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can go on over there and check out the cool benefits you can get. If you like the show and you made it this far, Please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes. It helps us an awful lot. Um, and give us a fair review. Say how much you like me. Say how much Zach bothers you. Um, say how much you like Stiltman. Right? Those sorts of things. Like, be honest. Right? Be critical. Uh, and, you know, hopefully give us five stars. Zach, anything you want to plug? Um, Nope. I just want to point out next episode. we got some exciting stuff. we got the best, the best and only, basically only good black widow story we've had so far yeah i would say besides like her showing up in daredevil um we are reading the beginning of walt simonson's thor yeah boy next year which is very exciting and the uh some pretty interesting fantastic four stuff um yes indeed four issues that i remember really liking so we'll see i mean that are coming up in references to the build to 2020 empire over Marvel comics oh yeah relevant stuff cool cool so that'll be a whole lot yeah, of fun. So, so stay tuned to My Marvelous Year. So. Um, we will be coming to you live every Monday morning. Drop a new episode. And music for the show is by Disasterpiece. Thanks, Disasterpiece. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we will see you next year. See you next year.